0: Hello and welcome back to the Fint of the Woods podcast, the first brand new episode in about six months. I know, it's been quite a while. I think, yeah, the last one was back in February at some point. But I'm back, don't you worry. I finished second term, the second year even at GSA, and I'm now on my summer break. So I have a lot more time to make podcast episodes, which is wonderful news. Um, but I thought in this episode, I'd take you through kind of what I've been doing since February, what's happened in my life and also the joys of working outdoors because one of the shows I just did was a mammoth job outdoors in like a foresty wood place in the heart of Guildford and it's quite an interesting situation slash show topic to talk about so I thought I'd delve a bit into that as well. So back in February, when I recorded my last episode, I was about to go into tech for company, Stephen Sondheim's company at GSA. And this featured a cast of 14 of the BAMT students at GSA in their final year. And it was a fabulous show to work on. I mean, when you, we get the list of all the shows that they're doing over the year, we kind of we get to pick. But not really. We have to put our like top three choices and what roles we'd like to do within those shows. And one of them, obviously, was Company. And it was just the one show that year that I was desperate to work on. So I made sure that I got on that show. But I was extremely happy that I did because it was fabulous. And they did such a good job with it. And the way it was directed and staged and the costumes and the set, it was just perfect. And everyone I know who came to see it absolutely loved it. And I was really proud of that as a show and because I love the show and I love Sondheim, it's kind of a bit of a dream come true because I think this is the only Sondheim show I've ever actually done. Not that I was even in it, but like been involved in the whole way through because I was meant to do Sweeney back in March 2020 and I wonder what happened there. So I never have actually got to do a Sondheim show. I don't think. I'm racking my brains now. But yeah, it was fabulous. I had such a good time and I'm so, so happy that i got to do it. I really enjoyed that show as well because we were in the smaller venue of the two bigger venues at GSN. It doesn't sound like it makes much sense, but the main theatre is called the Bel Theatre and that seats, I think it's about 200. And then the second smallest one, which is where we did company, is called Pat's Studio Theatre. I think it seats about, I want to say about 100, but it might be slightly less, to be honest. But it's a really nice sized space to do a musical-like company in, because you don't necessarily need the big scale, the big wide stage. You can do it quite intimately. You could do it even smaller than 100, to be honest. It just really worked in that space, and I'm glad that they did it in that space and not the bigger one, because I think it would have taken away from quite a lot of what the show tries to achieve, which is kind of the couples and Bobby, and it is all quite intimate as a show. It's all quite like you're kind of peering into their living rooms half the time. ...which is what I like, so yeah, I think it really worked in that space. And, yeah, I I would do that show again and again and again, though. As soon as it had finished, I was like, "I, I want to do it again. Preferably with that cast, because we had such a good time. So after that, after I'd finished doing Company, I worked on the BA Acting Showcase. So this is when all the actors on the BA Acting course film their showcase pieces to go on their Spotlight or whatever... And they do. There was lots of duologues and a couple of monologues, but basically I was ASM on that, so I just helped source some props and, kind of, when they were filming, I couldn't be in the room, so I had to sit outside the room. But I had to be around to help set up in between takes or reset or whatever. And that was quite nice because it was only three weeks. It was nice and chill. wasn't too many people. Nice small team on the stage management side, and. It was quite easy, but it was nice to carry on doing something after company because otherwise I think my post-show blues would have been absolutely horrendous, which they often are after a show. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'd struggle. I think that's a bit intense. But it's always just a bit weird, isn't it, when you spend such an intense amount of time with a certain group of people who you don't necessarily see all the time outside of that, and then you don't see them anymore. And it's just always a bit weird. I always struggle to get my head around it. And then I went home and worked on the panto of The Wizard of Oz at my family's theatre over Easter. Now, you're probably thinking The Wizard of Oz is not a panto, but this version was because what they do at the theatre is that they have the Christmas panto, which is usually the more traditional of the pantos, and then they have the Easter panto, which is the one which is a bit kind of, Out there, if you get what I mean. So, at Christmas, they've done Cinderella, Jack and the Beanstalk, and this year they're doing Snow White, and at Easter they've done Rapunzel, Wizard of Oz, and next year they're doing Goldilocks and the Three Bears, so a little more not your traditional pantos, really, but it's so much fun being able to do a show with my friends and family, and it being brilliant, and having the audiences absolutely love it. At Christmas, we were already taking bookings for Easter and the following Christmas, and... It's just insane in my mind. I, just, I, I I never put that far in advance for something. But it's great that families are and they're enjoying it. And that's kind of the main aim, really, is to entice families and kids to come and see shows and be involved in the theatre. And I think more than ever, that's so important because it, it, I, I just think it's always really important for younger people to come and see shows. But also people who who are older, who might not have necessarily been to see a show in a very long time or since they were a child, it's good to kind of reignite that excitement about going to the theatre again. I think it's really important. However, over the course of the run of The Wizard of Oz, we very sadly lost my nan, the wonderful Nanny Pat. And that was really weird and difficult because obviously we were in the middle of the run of a show and We had to go and see her, and we found out the news about it all kind of just before we were about to do the matinee on one of the days. And it was all just a bit weird. However, it's what my nan would have wanted because she was so heavily involved in the theatre. She made so many costumes for so many shows over so many years for so many people. And the great thing was also her costumes that she'd made for The Wizard of Oz or something along those lines years ago were being used in this production of The Wizard of Oz, which was really, really lovely. But, yeah, she played such a big part in my life and my sister's life and all of our lives as a family. She was so heavily involved with everything that we did and she would have wanted us to carry on and do the show. And, it's yeah, it was just a very odd and bizarre time for all of us. But I think her loss was felt amongst not just us as a family, but all the people that she'd worked with and all the people that knew her because she was a very lovely lady. You wouldn't want to cross her and she was the biggest gossip in town, trust me, me and her would gossip a lot. But she was wonderful and I can't thank her enough for everything that she did for me and supported me through everything and, yeah, but that kind of, in the middle of Pante was an odd thing to have to experience. But... In a way, it was lovely to be around my friends and family and I wasn't stuck at uni, I wasn't in the middle of doing a show up there, I was with people that I love and that was the most comforting part of it all. After the very successful run of The Wizard of Oz, I went back to Guildford to start my third term at GSA and this term, it was time for my biggest show role of the year and that was being Deputy Stage Manager on the outdoor production of the musical Crybaby. Now, this had a cast of 35 plus B.A.M.T. students, which is an insane amount. That is bigger than, I think, all of the shows that are currently on in the West End. I can't think of any show that has a cast that big because they can't afford to hire that many people. But it was insane. It was the most insane and bizarre seven weeks because it was just so intense, but I loved every minute of it, and I wouldn't have changed it for the world because it was it was so much fun and the show was so bloody good but yeah I thought I'd take you through that process a little bit more and kind of explain how it all comes about so the musical crybaby is based upon the 1990 film of the same name which starred Johnny Depp but I've never seen that film I think it's a bit of a cult film and I'm it's quite bad that I never actually watched it and I still haven't ever watched the film of the show that I just did. I should probably watch it at some point. However, the musical I also didn't really know. I knew of it. It didn't run particularly long on Broadway. It got a few Tony nominations, but it's never really had much life after that. The most famous song from it is "Screw Loose," which lots of people know. And it's a very popular song on TikTok about a year or two ago. It was really big and it's sung auditions quite a lot, but that's the song and the thing that everyone knows about the show. But aside from that, no-one really has any idea what's going on. It's set in 1954 Baltimore, and honestly, it is such a piss-take of, like, hairspray and specifically grease. It's, it's so clever, and it's so bloody funny, and the songs are really good, if not a little bit samey. A lot of the songs do sound quite similar, but... As a whole, as a show, it's a really well-written and cohesive show. And for something that isn't done that often, I was surprised at how good it was. Because usually, if a show isn't done very often, there's a reason for it. And Cry Baby is a bit near the knuckle at times. And I do feel like maybe mainstream it wouldn't do as well. But honestly, this production that we did was really good. So we started off rehearsals for it at the end of April. And we had our first big meet and greet with all the cast and all the crew and all the creatives. And there was about, I think it was about 60, 70 people in the room. And honestly, it's really hard when you're meant to try and remember everyone's name. Luckily, I knew a lot of the performers already and a lot of the stage management team. But I did have to kind of learn my way around some of the other departments. But that's part of the joy of it and as DSM basically my job role is to run the rehearsal room so I will sit in the rehearsal room I will have the script I'll make notes of any blocking uh, anything basically that happens any script changes any music changes uh, any cues any sound cues that might be included I have to send out all the rehearsal reports of what's gone on that day in the rehearsal room to all the departments I have to send out the call sheets for the next day I have to do all their, like, medical information and, uh, what are they called, Um, risk assessments, that's the one. They're quite important. So I have a lot of things to do, and I basically, it's not office work, but it kind of is, it's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of sitting on my computer and emailing people. If people had auditions, I had to factor that into rehearsals and let the creatives know what was going on, and there was a lot of auditions for two big shows at the beginning of the rehearsal period when a lot of the students weren't there. So that was quite interesting to try and logistically work that one out. But yeah, I think I work quite closely with the director and choreographer and the MD to kind of work out what was going on in rehearsals and kind of spread that information around other departments. It's really interesting though because you get to work with everyone and I think that's why I wanted to do this role on this show so much because it is the biggest show at GSA of the year and you work with the most people I got to work really closely with the wardrobe department because there's obviously a lot of costumes for a lot of people so I kind of liaised with them a lot and I also got to work with fight directors and uh, intimacy coordinators which I hadn't done before so it was just really nice to kind of work with new groups and new departments and gain some new experiences as well. It was a really, really fun rehearsal process. And I think that's always such an important thing because I've been in many rehearsal rooms where the energy isn't great and people aren't having a good time. And I think that always brings a downer on the production, also it puts a barrier between the cast and often the creatives and also some of the stage management team and other departments. And I never like that. I always think it's really important to have good. Uh, communication between everyone and just make a fun atmosphere because especially when you're doing a show like this which is a musical comedy you need it to be fun because you need to have fun to get the comedy out of it and make the show work so the fact that the energy in the room was that good was fabulous but also the cast worked so bloody hard to get the show where it needed to be as did the director and the choreographer and the MD and it was a really just a really positive atmosphere, and I loved that. It was the best rehearsal process I've done since coming to drama school. So we rehearsed for five and a bit weeks. I think it was. I honestly uh, the the schedule is left my mind now. Um, but we rehearsed for about five weeks, and then we had the sits probe, which was the one which happens on site. I didn't know there was two different things. So there's a sits probe and a wandel probe. I think that's what it's called. Uh, one of the cast members told me this. Um, a sits probe is when you just have the stand mics in the rehearsal room or in a room and you have the band there and you just get up and sing your parts. But a wandle probe is when it's in situ in the venue, I believe, and you have like your personal mics on and everything. But I did not know that a wandle probe was a thing. I knew a sits probe, but I didn't know there was a difference. So that's something that I learned, which I didn't know before so I thought I'd share that knowledge with you so during our final week of rehearsals in the rehearsal room the rest of the stage management team the lighting sound production management all departments went down to the site where they build the infrastructure to house this show and it's at a little place in Guildford called Rucks Close which is this kind of secluded field slash forest slash woodland place it's really lovely it is really really lovely but it's up a big old hill which is never fun, especially when you have to carry lots of heavy things up that hill. I did this show, well, not this show specifically, but at this venue we did Wind in the Willows last year, and I was an ASM, so I was really heavily involved in the more practical side of building it, although I did get sent back to the rehearsal room because I wasn't as helpful as I should have been. That was such hard work, but the weather was dreadful last year, and obviously this year we've had a bit of a heat wave. We had four weeks of intense sunshine. And it was hot, hot, hot. And there was lots of sunburn going on with the stage management team. It was, it was great to have that weather because last year it rained on one of the shows and it was dreadful because we had to do show stops and it wasn't fun. So we were praying for good weather and... Our prayers came true, but there's literally nothing on site, so they have to get generators in to have power. We have portaloos, fancy portaloos as well for the audience members. There's a bar built, there's a shed built for all the costumes, there's a big shed which is built which housed me as the DSM and the lighting operator and the sound operator. There's, we have to put obviously all the seats out, which is about 200 seats. They then have to build the stage, which is made out of about 30, 40 pieces of steel deck and that's all kind of dug into the hill and everything. Two big scaf towers full of lights either side of the stage and also on top of the box where I was situated. Two big tents which housed the dressing rooms for the cast, so they all had to squeeze into those but they're were quite big tents, so they were fine. Uh, We have put staircases in, like, basically kind of the cliff edge inside it because it used to be a quarry, so all the ground's very chalky as well, which is quite annoying at times, but it's quite good because you can dig into it fairly easily. But we have to be careful, obviously, not to destroy the woodland and the grass, but when we took it all out, the grass is just dead, especially because it was so hot. We couldn't really avoid that this year. But when I tell you it's built from scratch, it is built from scratch. It is insane and so bloody cool to be able to be involved in something that's that bespoke because it's not in just like an outdoor theatre. It's complete it's never there apart from when we're there. And I just love that. So then we went into tech with the cast and all the creatives and everyone on site. And they were long days. I think we ta- when did we ta- We take ta- nine till nine and eight in the morning, till ten at night, which was quite long, and very tiring. And obviously, it's not as simple as kind of just locking the theatre. Everything has to be covered in case it rains. Lots of things have to be put away, so it's not as quick as your usual kind of tech shut off. It's you've got a, you, you. There's a lot more to it than that. And it's the same after every show we did as well. There's a lot of packing up rather than just switching everything off because if anything gets wet, there's lots of money that we'd have to pay the sound companies and the lighting companies and everything like that. I do weirdly love tech, though, because it gives you a chance to really, really see the show as how it's going to be when we perform it for the first time. And also it's just fun to to see it all come together. And it's also a really good practice for me as the DSM because when we leave the rehearsal room, I then become quite detached from the cast because I am calling the show. So I say call all the lighting cues and the sound cues, although I didn't call the sound cues in this specific show. But it, I need to concentrate on doing that. So I don't have hardly anything to do with the cast or creatives once we get to the venue. So it's really weird. It's a weird, weird kind of flip for me from being really involved to then not involved at all and being at the back of a field in a, in a shed, basically. It sounds so glamorous, doesn't it? But it's, it's nice to have a change and also not be doing loads of, like, emails and paperwork still. But on opening night, we had such a good response from the audience and from then on in for the next five performances of the show... We, everyone, absolutely loved it. The applause and the standing ovations and the laughter was ridiculous every night. It was brilliant. You may think that six performances doesn't sound like a lot, and it isn't a lot. When you rehearse for that long, it's not long at all. But for a drama school production, it's the most they do at GSA. It's the most performances they do out of any of the shows. They usually do either four or five for each show across all the courses. So, this one, for some reason, gets one extra, but I wasn't complaining. It was lovely to kind of do nearly a week's run of a show. It was great because we didn't do any matinees because obviously it's hard to do matinees on an outdoor show because then you can't see any of the lights. I mean, you couldn't really see any of the light of any of the lighting properly until Act two anyway. but yeah, I was so proud of the show and how amazing it was and i I know it sounds like I'm blowing my own trumpet, but everyone I spoke to as well said it's the best show that they've seen. At GSA, all my family said it was, and just the cast are brilliant. And so many of them are going on to do amazing jobs here, there and everywhere. And lots of them I know, but I can't say, and it's really annoying, but some of them are going to go so bloody far in their career, and it's so exciting. But outdoor theatre is just a different beast altogether because you have to take into account the weather. I know it sounds really obvious, but if it had tipped it down with rain for one of those performances it would have been a nightmare because so many things in the show would have had to change and would have had to be altered on the spot. And either that or we would have had to do a show stop. And you just have to think about everything a lot more. All the props have to be waterproof. All the sound equipment and the lighting equipment, as I said, at night has to be covered up just in case either it rains or like a fox goes and poses in it or something. So there's lots of different elements to it. And it's a, a lot bigger get-in as well, and also the get-out, once we'd finished, taking it all down in, like, 30-degree heat, was a hell on earth, but we did it in a day, and then it was done, and it's gone, and then it wasn't there anymore. And I think that's the weirdest part, is that we can't go back and kind of do another show at the venue any other time of the year. It's only for those, like, three and a half weeks that the stage even exists. But I kind of really enjoy the fact that it's kind of just our our thing at GSA, but that will be my last outdoor show because this time next year when they're doing a show that I cannot reveal yet, I won't be there. I would have already left because we leave at the end of second term in our third year, which doesn't... it always confuses me, but we do because we have to go out and get jobs and everything. So that was kind of my last outdoor show, but oh my God, I'm so glad I managed to do it. But it's been a really interesting year for me at GSA because... I've managed to do so many different types of shows. And I mean as in the academic year. So I started off the year doing a play called The Antipodes and then went on to do Company and then did the Acting Showcase and then did this. So then it's kind of been good to get different genres and different styles of show, different like audience layouts and everything like that because it's important to see how theatre can be done in different ways and that's the most exciting thing about my course is that I'm able to do that and do it with people who are also very talented. But honestly, if you get a chance to work on an outdoor show, I'd say take it because it's it really helps you to kind of broaden your experience and knowledge in how theatre works and I just think it's a really important thing if you're wanting to go into the industry to get it under your belt because so many... Outdoor theatres are kind of up and coming now and becoming a bigger thing within the UK. So I think at some point in your career, you're very likely to work in an outdoor venue. So get the practice in while you can. On the next episode of the Fint of the Woods podcast, I want to answer any of your questions you may have about life at drama school. Because I think from my perspective, I've had a very different experience at drama school to someone who's doing a performing course. So I'll be interested to see what questions may crop up that you may have to do with the life of a student who does theatre production rather than one of your traditional performing courses because it is different. I've had a very different experience at drama school compared to people who have done the performing courses. There's some similarities, but a lot of the time we're very separate and very different in what we do. So yeah, if you have any questions, do let me know because I'm going to record that episode in the next week or so. But yes, thank you for listening and thank you for taking the time to listen to this new episode of the podcast. I know it was too long since my last one, but I promise I'm going to get back on it again because I really enjoy doing these. I really, really do. And if you've got any topics that you'd also like me to discuss or delve into, let me know as well, because I'm always up for taking people's ideas on what I should talk about because sometimes it's a bit of a struggle to come up with all the topics and also not repeat anything that I've written about on my blog or said on my TikTok. So it's quite hard sometimes to not keep on repeating myself. But yes, thank you for listening. And I will not see you, but I will be there in spirit next time you listen to the Finch of the Woods podcast.